0: Just when you thought things were about to get normal, Netflix said absolutely not. Things are stranger and longer than ever. The supersized fourth season of Stranger Things premiered on Friday on Netflix with D&D-inspired villains, shocking reveals, and enough 80s references to last a lifetime. And after that finale, we have more than a couple lingering questions. Does anybody understand what he's talking about? No No idea. So while we count down the days until Volume 2 arrives on July 1st, let's break down the biggest questions we have after watching Stranger Things 4, Volume 1. Now, if you prefer to read all about it, Michael Walsh has you covered over on Nerdist.com. But to talk about this stuff in detail, guess what? We gotta spoil Stranger Things 4. So if you haven't seen all of Volume 1 yet and you're worried about that sort of thing, leave now before it's too late. Okay, let's get into it, shall we? Let's start with the fate of the best head of hair in Hawkins, Steve Harrington. The babysitter turned shirtless action hero found himself on the wrong end of a flock of demo bats in the Upside Down. But does he now have rabies or some sort of upside down equivalent? What? It's just that once the symptoms set in, it's too late. You're already like dead. His wounds looked pretty gnarly, and he was coughing up a storm when they arrived at the Wheeler's house. Clearly, the human body is not meant to have bits of the upside-down inside of them. Just ask Will, or Eleven, or Billy, or anyone in that pile of Hawkins goo from Season 3. It's bad news bears. But Demobats weren't the only thing that sank their fangs into Steve this season. It seems both Steve and Nancy have been bitten by the love bug once again. With Nancy and Jonathan's relationship seemingly on the rocks thanks to a lack of communication and a gulf of 2,000 miles, is a Steve and Nancy romantic reunion on the horizon? Or will both of them decide they're really better off as friends, expanding their dating pools beyond the bounds of Hawkins? Now, of course, Nancy does have a much bigger problem, one she shares with Max. They are both actively targets of Vecna's curse, but can they actually escape it? While Max has the power of Kate Bush and presumably two very overtaxed AA batteries in her Walkman, Nancy is currently trapped in Vecna's realm as the villain tries to prey on her guilt around Barb's death back in Season 1. And friendship and positive memories are both definitely helpful here, but it seems like they're going to need a lot more like Eleven and her psychic powers if they want to actually defeat this monster formerly known as One. Speaking of which, while Eleven is exploring the repressed memory of the massacre at Hawkins' lab, she learns the truth about that creepy orderly who's actually the long-missing patient one. He is Peter Ballard, a.k.a. Henry Creel, Victor Creel's son, someone with powerful psychic abilities, and the one behind all of these murders, both before and after, being banished to the Upside Down. But in those flashbacks, we also see Nancy there observing the truth about Vecna. So are Vecna's memories just playing on a loop here in the Upside Down? Are eleven psychic powers affecting that realm even from inside Project Nina's chambers? And how can Nancy use this information to her advantage? For a reporter like her, this seems like the scoop of the century, and then some. While we're on the subject of scoops, learning who actually murdered Victor Creel's family feels like a major revelation, but could it potentially clear his name? The answer is probably not. There's no real way to prove this in a court of law, and Victor's mind was pretty effectively shattered in the years that followed. So far likelier is that the gang will find a way to clear Eddie Munson's name instead in these wrongdoings that were inspired by the West Memphis Three. But first, they'll have to find a way to stop the satanic panic overtaking Hawkins from turning the townspeople into Halloween Kills cosplayers. And while we're on the subject, that basketball wiener, he's definitely gonna die, right? I mean, why does this town let him give so many speeches to the entire town? He's a 27-year-old high school senior. Just, Just move out, dude. Why are you at this school? Anyway. It seems inevitable that Eleven and Vecna will have a rematch in Volume 2, but will that be enough to stop this nightmare creature? Eleven is clearly the stronger of the two back in our world, but in the Upside Down, it's a dangerous place, and there are so many variables that shift the paradigm in Vecna's favor. So, could that psychic inhibitor device, Soteria, that Dr. Brenner implanted into one so many moons ago, be the key to defeating Vecna as well? It seems like a major revelation to introduce a device like this when so much of the series revolves around these otherworldly abilities. You wouldn't just introduce that, then never talk about it again, right? You wouldn't just do that, right? Duffer Brothers, you can't do this to me moving on what is vecna's master plan here we know the gang believes that he's the mind flayers five-star general but we've seen no proof of the mind flayer connection thus far we know that vecna is preying on teenagers haunted by traumatic memories so is he trying to sow enough discord in hawkins to create this climate of fear and shame In killing his victims, Vecna leaves portals behind to the Upside Down, but his victims are also imprisoned in those gross red flesh obelisks. So could their spirits be powering some kind of larger device or plan that Vecna's trying to enact? I know the guy has a bleak view of humanity, but what's the end game here, buddy? What's your plan? Maybe this is it. This is the answer. What is the answer? Anyway, speaking of pretty bleak, how about Hopper's entire storyline this season? After surviving the Demogorgon pit fight in a Russian prison, he's reunited with Joyce and Murray, but they're still surrounded by guards and have a Demogorgon on the loose in a Russian prison. Now, based on the trailers for Volume 2, this prison clearly puts the goo back in Gulag with all manner of creepy crawlies from the Upside Down. But how exactly are they going to get back to Hawkins? The answers are most likely that Yuri will fly them back in a stolen aircraft, or they'll find another portal to the Upside Down and take the least scenic route possible back to Hawkins. Now, we may not know how the Russians got their hands on this Demogorgon in the first place, but considering they were pretty close to opening a portal to the Upside Down at the Starcourt Mall back in Season 3, it stands to reason they might be able to open another rift in this weird prison. Anyway, let's round things out a bit with the California crew. All season long, poor Will Byers has been having a really tough time. He feels abandoned by his friends, he doesn't quite fit in at school, and he has to put all of that aside to be this grounding force for Eleven who's having an even tougher time than he is. Earlier in the season, we see him painting something, presumably for Mike, but he never quite gives it to his BFF. Will also seems like he's about to tell Mike something really important when they're burying the hero Agent Man. So the question is... Is Will in the process of coming out to his best friend? What exactly did he paint for Mike? And can someone please give this dude a hug already? His eyes are so watery this season, they could stop the drought in California. I feel really bad for this dude. As for the full California crew, Mike, Will, Jonathan, and Argyle are currently speeding their way from Utah to Nevada to rescue Elle from Project Nina. But the government's agents are also in hot pursuit. So let me ask you something. Who would win? an elite force of commandos with zero qualms about torturing American citizens at black sites, or for teenagers in a pizza delivery truck with enough of that upside down to make time feel like it's really frozen in 1983. Anyway, with that seamless segue out of the way, let's talk about the most shocking revelation about the upside down. And no, not that it turned Henry Creel into Vecna with a series of repeated lightning strikes, or that it's existed at least since the 1950s, but rather that it is frozen in time. Now, according to Nancy's diary, the Upside Down is frozen on November 6th, 1983, when Will was pulled into this nightmare realm back in season one. So why is time stopped here? Is Vecna with his fixation on clocks trying to restart the flow of time? And will it mean that Will Byers needs to return to his least favorite place in the universe to help put things right? Sadly, much like Vecna's grandfather clock, only time will tell. Last but not least, folks, maybe the biggest question of all... Just what the hell is under Lucas's bed anyway? What did she find under your bed? Nothing. You know, on second thought, maybe I don't want to know. Is it gross? Scale one to ten. A hundred. Anyway, folks, there you have it. Those are the biggest questions we have about Stranger Things 4, Volume 2. We have plenty of other deep dives into all things Upside Down just waiting for you over on Nerdist, but for now, tell us, what did you think of this season? What are your biggest questions? Okay, seriously? Jesus Christ, this kid's got to get his ego checked. It's his tone, right? Let us know in the comments below, and for the latest and greatest in the world of pop culture, make sure you stay tuned to Nerdist.com.